0: Welcome to the Married People Podcast, where we help you make marriage real, fun, and simple. Each week, we have honest conversations about one simple thing that can make your marriage better. Because when your marriage is better, everything's better. Right now, I'm joined by our resident newlywed, Afton. Hi. Hi. We have our 22-year marriage veteran. He's an author, speaker, and director of MarriedPeople.org, Ted Lowe. Hey, everybody. And today we have a special guest with us, and I am so excited. We have Sarah Bragg. Hello. So Sarah is, uh, she's an author, she's a speaker, she's a podcaster. She's also married to her husband, Scott, and they have two beautiful girls. She's worked in ministry for more than 15 years. She's the author of the book, Body, Beauty, Boys, and the Truth About Girls and How We see ourselves which is a must read you know i loved that book so i that
1: just so loved hearing you say all of those words i have actual tears in my eyes from watching you say all those words
0: and currently sarah is the content director for live a better story which is a curriculum for adult small groups and she's the host of the popular podcast surviving sarah which i've listened to genuinely and liked it <laughs> Me too. and uh, it's and so i've fun. been trying to trying to become a guest on sarah's podcast For a while now, just to share survival skills. Like actual
2: survival skills. Right. Which
0: I I understand Uh, is not what your podcast is about. Right.
2: I mean, women, maybe they do need to know how to survive a mountain lion attack. I don't know. Right. How
0: do you find clean drinking water? We'll get to that at some point (laughs) on your podcast, I'm sure. (laughs) But today on the Married People podcast, we're asking the question can you support your spouse when you don't understand or agree with them? And this is an interesting question because, you know, when you think about it, when, when we all got married, we married people, you know, we, we married people with their own lives and their own desires and their own callings. And I think sometimes we think that when we get married, our, our lives and callings just kind of meld and blend together and align. And that's just not always the case, which is why I think this is a great question. So Ted, I'll throw it to you. Can you support your spouse? When you don't understand or
3: agree with them, yeah, that can be tough. And I was actually got to be a guest. See, CJ, I got to be a guest on Sarah's show. Maybe <laughs> one rub day. It in. <laughs> <laughs> just, just live for the day. As it's, long
0: as you didn't share actual survival skills, I've still got a shot,
3: right? Right. You could have your own like CJ survival skills. Yeah, yeah. That's the the it's newest a, podcast. So you already a, are on like fifteen podcasts, <laughs> right? Aren't you the host of like fourteen podcasts? <laughs> We're working on that. We're working. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Sarah, when I was on your podcast, you shared a story. Um, about you and scott and some things that you guys had journeyed through uh you guys live a fun life an adventurous life a a unique life but i Thought as you were talking, I thought you know what I think her story is going to resonate with people no matter where they are. Uh, but you guys are both entrepreneurs, and so that brings you know that brings some unique things in it as well. But I just thought if we ever have a married people podcast, I want Sarah to be on here, and here we are, Sarah. I know I'm, I'm so, around your table. I'm so glad that you're here around around the table because you let us be around your table. So this is good stuff. So Sarah, I'll I'll throw the question to you. You know, how do we support our spouse when you know it's we don't necessarily agree a hundred percent with our spouse?
2: You know, it's tough. I remember our first year of marriage and um, we both had worked in ministry and then he was doing all these side jobs and I started understanding, oh, like who is this person that always has a new idea every single day? Mm -hmm. And so I remember Googling support for entrepreneurs wives because I was like, I don't know how to do this. Like how do, like if he's got a new idea every single day, am I supposed to say yes to everything he does because I'm his wife, and that's how you're supportive. Or do I say no because I really don't think that's a great idea? But how do you? I just I just remember thinking someone needs to talk about how to mm. do this because I don't know the answer. Well, obviously you go to Google,
1: which it's, I'm really right. proud of you
2: because we all know that's where you find all of the answers, for all life. the right answers yeah. on Google. Yes, right, right. So so naturally that's where I went, and I found all sorts of answers. Actually, I didn't. I found nothing. No one helped me to know how to support an entrepreneur as his ideas are unfolding so with years we're we're coming up on 12 years of marriage Um, I can't even tell you how many businesses he started I can't tell you how many ideas we've walked down the path or how many patents we've applied for or all these things. I've lost track. And, and I, we were, I was joking with Afton earlier that I've learned the art of half-listening. So that's one way of uh, when you don't agree, you kind of half-listen because it kind of protects you of going, okay, if I don't fully listen, then I won't fully yeah. Like, just engage. Back. yeah, back yeah, yeah, yeah. until engage. we really need to engage. Sure. Um, but we, we, we took a big step in 2016 and launched this, like, this business, we thought it was an idea that he had been wrestling with for about a year. And so, as he was telling me these ideas, you know, for me, I half listened for about six months. <laughs> and I thought, if it keeps going, then I'll start listening. If I keep hearing this idea over and over, if he keeps it taking steps, then I'm going to. I'll, I'll fully listen. Okay, what does
3: half listening look like? He thinks you're fully listening. For no. sure. Okay. So
2: I'm hoping he's not listening to this <laughs> <Yeah>. and learning <laughs> okay. my tricks. He's probably half. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, it, it was, you know, it's being a, a sounding board because sometimes I think he, for, for my husband in particular, he just needs to voice it out. He needs to mm. talk it through. He needs someone to bounce ideas off of. And so um, I've just learned to, to be someone who he feels safe enough to talk. With about ideas that I'm not going to shoot him down with the first mention, because a lot of times that ideas um, mean money, they mean loss of money, they mean loss of time, they they all these things that are hard about new ventures or hard about decisions. um, But he
0: sees the other side of that. He sees the Potential, the potential for yeah, money and all exactly. of that. You're kind of on the other side of that yes. sometimes.
2: I'm way more cautious, and he. But he. But I might be cautious, but he's more logical. And so I think Ooh. that's partly how it's helped me to support him, even when I don't understand. Is I understand who he is, and he is a very logical person. He will think through everything before he makes a decision. But he will. But he's also very capable of being risky. I'm like I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to do this. Ooh. But I have thought through everything. And so knowing that about him. Knowing that he sees the potential, know that Mm -hmm. he is thinking it through has helped me to go, okay, like this is, even if this is scary, even this may fail, it will be okay. Like he has thought through it. Um, So for me, I feel like that's just learning kind of who he is. And, And I think, you know, when you're in, we got married, I got married when I was 27 and I feel like those years um, are very narcissistic um, for, for me, where I think I know everything. I don't know why you right? looked at
0: me, Sarah. <laughs> right.
2: I was like, Afton, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> just because I'm 27 and also newly married.
0: <laughs> I don't and know also narcissistic. No, it's, <laughs> okay, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. No. This is
3: actually a
2: counseling session for you. <laughs> it really is. Um, That's what Afton the intervention exists. is what we <laughs>
3: call yes. it. Yeah. So
2: I... In my early days, I really wanted to be right all the time. And I still want to be right, but I feel like I've learned a lot through that year of us launching something new, launching something big, and then it didn't work. Mm-hmm. That and I, I kinda secretly want to be like, I was right. Mm-hmm. You know, kinda wanted to whisper that, but I don't always have to be right. And mm-hmm. so part of the way of supporting him is he jumps and takes risks, even with our family was just allowing him the freedom of that and that I don't have to be right. Our relationship remained intact because I didn't fight to be right.
3: Talk about that for just a minute when you say I don't always have to be right or you made the decision where you said I don't have to be right. Where did that come from? What inspired that? Because I think it's just natural for us to want to fight to win, to want to be right, to want to say I told you so. And it's very destructive what for you made you say, I mean, did someone teach you that or did you intuitively know that? Did you read something on Google? Like, what, <laughs> what happened?
2: You know, I think from years of launching ideas or listening to ideas, um, I remember a mentor at a time said, you know, I give myself, for her, she said, I give myself three times to go to my husband and if I don't agree with him, like three times. And the third time, he still is really like, this is what we need to do, then I just sit back. I'm like okay, and so I kind of took that approach with things where I go okay. I am going to allow myself time and opportunity if I want to go to him and say I just need some more
3: clarification. Yeah, you didn't just like lay down, right? Mm,
2: just right, like, like go ahead, like call our money what
3: or people... do all this thing.
2: Yes,
1: <laughs> I'm
3: sorry. I'm. I wonder if that's what people are most fearful of. Of going, especially and You might want to chime in right now to go. Wait a minute.
1: Well, I have like a million questions for Sarah because, and I feel like we've talked about this before because. Like, I'm in a similar situation where Hudson, my husband, um, he works at the same company I work at and does graphic design. And that's, like, his day job. But his real passion is screenwriting, like, writing films. And I remember when we were dating, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool and creative and, like, interesting that you do that. And for me, I feel like the biggest hurdle has been that he works all day and then he works some more or what I view as work when he gets home or when he actually does shoot a movie and he's gone for 10 days or whatever it is, then I'm like, how how do you as like the spouse be supportive and like how do you change your mindset to not be selfish when you're like, I want you to pursue your dreams, but also I'm not going to see you for
2: basically a month. And is that okay with all of us? Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I have learned to believe the best. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, my husband, I can remember this, just one of these things that stuck in my mind. I was at home with a two year old and a newborn and my husband got to travel within like three months to Israel, to India and to South Africa. Wow. And I was like covered in diapers. You know, <laughs> and so life was not very great and fun for me. Yeah. And he would I would talk to him and he would talk about, oh, we got to do this create this great thing and we saw all these things. And it was just life was so amazing because he's getting to pursue his like creative and some of his dreams. Yeah. And I remember I was always being so negative and he finally one day he said, I don't even want to tell you the good things that I'm doing because of your reaction. Mm. And so it helped me to kind of go, okay, like even though I am a little bit jealous and I'm a little bit frustrated and I feel like you aren't giving me this, I'm expecting this, and but you're giving that, um, kind of learning to believe the best. He's doing this like because, A, he's creating, he, God made him to be creative, and mm-hmm. God gave him these dreams. But he also wants to provide for our family, mm-hmm. and he also wants to pursue the best for our family. And so if I believe that, then mm-hmm. that helps me to not be frustrated. I mean, yesterday was Labor Day, and he worked all day. And <laughs> so I'm home with the girls because they're out of school and I'm going. I don't want to hang out with these girls. Yeah, like let's have someone else. Like let's do something fun. Is that everybody else is like showing pictures of the, we went to the lake right. or we went to the park or we went to a ball game or we did something mm-hmm. as a family? And it's hard when you have someone who is pursuing their their kind of their side hustle. Mm-hmm. It takes up time that is sometimes family time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was believing the best and then just having conversations about it, but picking the right time to have mm-hmm. those conversations.
3: That's so huge. And that's a pause. I want listeners to hear is, you know, believing the best. Because one of the things Sarah, we've tried to do differently on this podcast is really empower individuals and say, who's responsible for your marriage? You are. And so again, we know we're not suggesting anyone gets walked over any of that, but it is this thing of putting the power, you know, back into the listener to say, okay, what can I do differently in this situation? And to believe in the best. I don't think that's ever bad advice. Even from a research perspective, that is one of the best things you can do is to believe the best, which is like you said, it wasn't easy. Right.
2: And I've never, I've never been able to change his mind. Like I've never been able to, if this is what he wants to do, Mm -hmm. I've never been able to come up to him and convince him otherwise. So that's something I've learned. Like, if I think I'm right, I can't convince him otherwise. But I can believe the best in him. Yeah, I can be supportive. You know, for me, what I've learned through all of that is the one person that can change his mind is God. And so I've seen on a two for sure instances where he has come to me and he's got this idea and he's going to do this. And he's like, I really, we're going to do this thing and do this. And I've got all this. And I'm going, Oh, in my head, I'm going, this does not sound like a great idea. Like, I just don't have a piece about it. I just don't know if this is okay. Like whatever. And I just like hold it all in and I don't say anything. And, and I just, and I just pray. And I'm like, God, like, I do believe that God is big enough to speak. my husband. (laughs) And so I just say, okay, if this is not of you, if this is not the best thing for our family, if this is not the wisest thing for our family, I need you to shut it down. Mm -hmm. And there's been two instances where after praying that prayer, like a day or two later, my husband has come back to me and said, you know what? I just really feel like God is saying that this is just a distraction that Mm -hmm. I just need to keep my eyes straight, do this, what I'm doing right now and not start this other thing. Mm -hmm. And it has been the biggest relief because I go, okay, like, God can shut it down. God mm-hmm. can change his mind. I can't. My job is to work on what I can do and then ask God to do what He only he can do. And, you know,
1: f- for me, it's kind of funny because I feel like I can convince Hudson not to do things. And I think that's almost like... It, it's almost worse in a way because I know how I react to his idea for you know this new idea he wants to write or I want to try this or I want to go do this. How I react weighs really heavily into what actually happens. Yes. And so if I react in a way where I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't like that. I don't like – you know, then he he kind of like starts – it will change his mind and then he doesn't get to achieve
2: whatever he wanted to achieve or go mm-hmm. through that creative endeavor. I think it would have been really easy for me – And in in the venture that we did that didn't go as hoped or as planned, it would have been really easy for me to sway him otherwise. And I think he came to me after it was all said and done. And, you know, we we closed the door on that and we were licking our wounds and all those things. And he said, I just am thankful that you are so supportive, that you let me do this and that you trusted me enough to let me you know, mm. spend money just <laughs> take time to do mm. all of this, yeah. our name, all of that. He's like, I, I'm just thankful that you let me do it. And I think at the end of the day, like I want our relationship to be intact mm-hmm. more than I want him to to fail or succeed in business. And wow. so it mm. it has to be on just what caring what more I about say.
0: that than yeah. the business. Exactly. Wow. So
2: letting him have a little bit of freedom to kind of run um, you know, within the boundaries, letting him have that opportunity to really think about all those ideas mm-hmm. without being like s- persuaded another way or shut down mm-hmm. in the beginning.
1: Yeah. And then when they're gone all the time, you just pick a really good show to binge watch.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs)
0: Well, it kind of reminds me of, I think maybe Andy Stanley said it, or maybe you've said it, Ted, the whole like your initial reaction to it all is, is wow, not how, like you're Mm. kind of letting it, Mm. Hey, when, when, when Scott comes up with a great idea or, you know, I tend to do that a little bit with Terry. I wish she was sitting here too, you know, like, Hey, I've got another idea and she's so good at being, her initial reaction is the wow that's that's a that's a cool idea you know and then maybe she is doing the half listening thing and being like okay god help help me out here and then you know instead of immediately shutting it down and i think that's huge what you do for sky is just like you you don't immediately shut it down you let it go and then you you know like and i even asked Terry, last night, because um, you know I knew we were going to be talking about this today. So I said, "What do you do in those moments if I throw an idea at you and you're like, uh, I don't know about that?" And she said something very similar. And she said, and I asked her to text it to me this morning. She said, "If I feel like uh, your idea is something that's going to impact the next five years, then it's worth discussing and it's worth me coming back and poking you repeatedly. Otherwise, I tend to be more hand, hands off and let God intervene and go from there." Exactly. But it just kind so kind of bring it bring it. Back around, so you were talking about how, um, you know, you've heard like, hey, if he's got an idea, you come like three times to him. Yeah. So what do you do? At, what do you do at that point?
2: So and and I don't, I, I just that my my mentor would do three. I, I've done like once or three. You kind of just kind of you kind of gauge what's happening, but I feel like approaching him in a way because I've done it both ways sometimes I've approached him and it has not gone well at all because it, you can tell I'm already defensive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm feeling fearful and I'm mm. like that's coming out yeah, um, yeah. instead of going okay so tell me a little bit more about this like let me hear a little bit more details what are yeah. you thinking are, are you mm. have you you know well, what do you think that will do for what does that mean for like our kids when they like go to school or what is that you know just kind of mm-hmm. probing some of those questions mm. so that I can for me it's helped clarifying things. And so rather than mm. you know, but it's it's more of like I'm engaged in the process with mm. you, it's it's another trick. So yeah. again, I hope he's not listening to learn all my tricks. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, but approaching it in a way that mm. I'm engaging in the process versus like I'm coming at this as like an investigator mm-hmm. and a prosecutor.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we wanna ask, you know, so what is it seek first to understand for you can be understood. And so I think that is the thing. Nancy Lowe is very much you know, the accountant brain, the, how are we going to put all the pieces together? How's that going to work? How are we going to shift all this around? And I'm the dreamer that comes in. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this? And the, you know, the wow, not how thing has been so huge. And she'll even she'll go, whoa wow. wow. And it's so funny. And ideas, people like truly, I need, and I even tell people this at work, I'm going to come in with a million ideas and you don't, you know, we're not going to implement you know, half of them, but I need the res- first response to be one like, Oh, wow. Like help me understand. Cause it'll, you know, ideas are like squirrels for me. They jump branch to branch. They never really land, not most of them. <laughs> and so it's the thing of, wow, let me understand more instead of let me tell you how I f- see this are already not working. This is difficult. I mean, Sarah, I think what you're talking about is really, it's simple to understand, but boy, this is a tough one, especially when you know that, you know, that, you know, that they're they're wrong, or they're they're off, and I think we've got to make a distinction here. We're not talking about bad moral choices that they're right. wanting to make. This is those things that maybe hey, this is going to impact our life. This is going to impact this next season. This is going to impact where our kids are to school. Um, that's a different conversation, right?
2: Right. Well, and I think I have had a lot of friends who have come to me um, asking, how did you do this? How do you handle this? Like I, am realizing that my, or my husband is walking in a season where he's wanting to make a complete shift of what he's been doing. And Mm. I don't want him to do that. And (laughs) and I think it is, it's just one of those where like at the end of the day, you have to value the relationship. And so how you approach those conversations, are you approaching them with fear? Mm. Are you letting that drive the conversation? Or are you allowing the relationship to drive the conversation of going, because you know, when it comes to love, like I feel like struggling and in seasons of struggle can lead to a closer relationship. Mm. Versus if everything was just always good and everybody mm. did what you wanted them to do and you always had what you wanted, but those, it's those years of struggle or those moments of struggle that can mm. lead you to a closer relationship.
3: Absolutely, mm. and research shows that a hundred percent that that is the way. You know, I think you've you mentioned briefly about. The prayer piece of this, Nancy Lowe would say to me when we would have these big changes because we've moved across the country several times, we've changed jobs, and she says, "I don't always trust you, but I do trust God in you, and I know that you're going to pray about this." To mm-hmm. so go, I'm going to watch and see what God. And she's faithfully let yeah. me wrestle with a lot of this, and of course, she's always part of the conversation, mm-hmm. a lot of the conversation. But I would say, often, I'm a little bit like Hudson that Nancy does have the power to shut things down. That I do, Mm -hmm. I would lean in really, really hard to her. So I think she's had to, over the years, just say, I don't need to shut this down because this could be something great. God could Mm -hmm. be doing something here. Well, and
2: Mm -hmm. it's easy for me to um, be me and think the way that I would think and go, well, Mm -hmm. I don't want to fail. I don't ever want to fail. I don't mm-hmm. ever want to fail. And I just want to be perfect. I want to do things right the first time. If I can't do it perfect, then I just want to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's Ooh. how I approach things. And Scott. And you're is, great at that. You're right. perfect. You're Clearly. You yeah. achieved perfection. <laughs> right. So and Scott is very different. He's like a self-made person. So we've had early on, I mean I can remember fights because like I was like, just hire someone to do that. If you don't know how to do it, just hire someone. Why yeah. would you waste your time trying to figure that out? Yeah. You know? And he was like, No, I wanna do this. Like give me some space and let me figure it out. But I think if I remember to not put my own fears on him and my own, like, um, we may fail. What does this mean if we fail? Like, but Mm -hmm. you know what? Failure, you know, brings resilience. Mm -hmm. And so, and I can see Scott is a more resilient um, entrepreneur and I'm a more resilient wife because we failed Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. got back up and we tried again.
3: And you think about how we, we fight back and you think, okay, what's the payoff when we push back really hard for us personally, is it, okay, now I don't feel as unsafe because they're not going to do this thing, or I'm going to get to one up them, whatever. I think the payoff when we start weighing that, you know, you think, cause I'm, I know listeners are going, ah, this seems so scary. This seems mm-hmm. so risky. But when you think about a marriage being a story, all of a sudden these decisions don't seem as massive. What matters again is the relationship. Like you said earlier.
1: Well, I would even, I mean, if it's okay, I'd I would want to ask like an even shallower question. Like what what about when you disagree about where to go to dinner or what to do with your Friday night or like cuz I feel like I I we honestly don't argue that much about the big stuff because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I know if the situation were reversed I would want him to support me in this endeavor and when I'm gone for work for a period of time I would want him to be supportive so vice you know vice versa but I feel like our biggest fights are over like mm. smaller things or like we have a friend that like you know his wife chose to be vegetarian and he did not so like <laughs> how do you how that's do a you big still support? Yeah. Like, how do you still support your spouse, even in like kind of the smaller things, where you're like, well, I want my opinion to be heard, but what's a big deal and what's not, and what do I
2: let go and what do I not let go? Right. So that's why I feel like you just hit it. Like, you got to figure out what's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm not naturally an arguer. Like, that's not my first go-to, but I always tell people, if it's something I really believe in, I fight. Like, Mm -hmm. I will fight Mm -hmm. to the finish. But for most things, I'm like, eh, like, that's not a big deal. It's okay, like, whatever. Um, I think the but the trick is, again, it comes back to what you can own, is to not let those little things breed resentment. Mm. And so then to where you're always like, oh, he, he always gets his way, or she always gets to do this, or she always gets to pick. And so you do, if you find yourself having those resentful kind of thoughts, it's like, okay, then I need to speak up more. Mm. And I say, no, I, I really want this right now.
0: Mm. <laughs> well, and going to the other end of the spectrum, though, I can almost hear people, you know, asking you know, if they're riding around in their car, like, okay, but you don't understand, like my husband or my wife is you know, on the other end of the spectrum, it's not vegetarian or not. It's like we're putting our house up as collateral for this new project or they're mm. wanting to move overseas or they're like, what, and what if you ha- what if it's just like this, you don't understand, this isn't just a disagreement or, you know, I don't agree with this you know, thing or I don't understand. It's like, this is not good. Like what, what do you, what do you say Ted or Sarah to that person who's in that situation?
2: The first thing I would probably say to them is to make sure that you're seeking wise counsel because mm. and we did that and it, and again it still may not work out yeah they still may sell the house they still may like move you still may move right <laughs> but like seek wise counsel mm. and know that again it kind of, Ted was kind of even saying the story of us the story of your life like there's gonna be, You know, bumps in the road. There's going to be tensions. There's going to be struggles. And this, that was a hard year for our marriage, and it was a hard year for our family. But we're on. We're still on the other side of it. Like Mm -hmm. we still walked through it. You didn't die. We didn't. Uh Like, and I remember he came to me and he said, like, one of his like, when he wanted to do this thing, he said, I've thought it through. And he's like, like, what is the worst? I've gone to the worst case scenario. What is the very worst thing that can happen? We could lose our house. We have to move in with his family. Like, it was one of those where, like, we'd have to move to another town. Like, kids would leave their school, blah, blah, He's like, I'm not going to get cancer. Like, I'm not going to get cancer by taking this venture. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of helping us go, okay, like, let's understand what is the worst that could happen. And I think we're going to be able to survive that.
3: Mm-hmm. Because the relationship becomes, becomes priority at that right. point. To say, I think, from, I don't know, for me personally, especially as a dreamer, and I, maybe this is true for everybody, I think it's this idea of making sure your spouse feels understood. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if they don't want to do it, they fully understood the idea. Because I know, growing up, my dad would say to me, because I would be arguing with him about something, and he would just say, "If you," because I would get in trouble too. Like, you're gonna get grounded for a week, two weeks, three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, I would not shut up until I had said everything that I needed to say. And it, I talk about shooting yourself in the foot, but it was one of those things I've learned about myself, and I feel like this is true with Nancy and other people as well. Is it's feeling understood? Like, do you feel understood? Do you fully get the idea, and so it's going after them with questions of going, "Okay, so you want to turn the house into a convertible? Okay, let's talk about how does that look structurally? Like, are there hydraulic people coming in? <laughs> like, like how do we? And I think that's when I was you were talking about Scott. One of the things you and I have talked about before is really understanding how your spouse is wired.
2: Yes, I think that is something that we walked away after this last 2016. And the hard thing was how the more I understand how he is wired, the more grace I can give him. Mm-hmm. And so I remember seeing a counselor that year and because I was so overwhelmed in all of life. and And I was talking to her about um, you know, walking through that with, with him. And then I said, and he, you know, he wants us to move on to a sailboat and live on a (laughs) sailboat. And I was like, and she was like, um, you seem to be handling that really well. And I was like, it's okay. It's okay. I understand how he's wired. He's going to be all in on something. He's researching and getting the information. He's doing all this stuff. I said, I'm about 15% positive. We're going to ever live on a sailboat. So, did I, you live on a sailboat? No, he still thinks we will, but we're still in that phase it's okay. of research. That would so be if, really amazing. <laughs> I'm, and I'm like, have I'm you no met bad. our kids? <laughs> you still want to do that? I'm still um. trying to. I'm, I'm
0: trying to. I'm trying to convince Terry that we need to convert a van, like a Dodge Sprinter van, into a small house, so we can go take a whole summer and just travel around and visit the Braves as they play all across the the, the country. I don't think she's there yet, right. but I think she's doing the. You know, I think anyways, I feel like To she's your point,
2: into the school of Sarah right. Brad, right. Right. On she's how like to yeah. she's like mm, that's a training. that's a
0: fifteen percent idea right there. Right. That's a fifteen percent <laughs> chance. But Go knowing
2: ahead. that this is how he's wired, that he mm. loves to like just gather information and think through all these things, it helps me. To go, okay, like, I don't need to be afraid right now. Like, I understand this. He needs this. This is how he approaches things. This is Mm. how he's able to be so logical in decision-making. And so because I know all those things, it has helped me to just offer grace Mm. and to not just judge or to not, like, try to change his mind or try to change who he is. It's like, no, this is who he is, and it's going to be okay. Mm.
3: (laughs) Yep, you know, I told Nancy sometimes ideas for me are just a ball <laughs> for my brain to play with. Like I told her the other day, I said, I think it'd be better if we just tore down the fireplace and put a window there. You could see out in the woods. It would be great. She's like, Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Seeing the woods would be great. Uh, that would be yeah. that would be awesome. We but we have
0: these windows on either side of the fireplace. Right. But, you can, but you're right. If right. we could see right there. If you could
3: step over if two I, feet. If
2: I didn't have to move to see, that'd
0: be great.
3: That'd be but it's it's understanding how he's wired and it doesn't feel like it's personal at that point too. It right. doesn't feel like it's attacked. it's like, okay, this is just the way he's wired. And even with people that are are the opposite of the kind of what we're talking about, this real conservative Person and you're really frustrated. And you're, I don't agree with you. We're being too conservative. We need to go on vacation. So, how do you? How would you say when it's the reverse is true? When it's not a person that's a dreamer, it's somebody that's really conservative, mm-hmm. and maybe you're the ideas person, and that conservative person's kind of shutting that down. What would you say to that?
2: Oh, wow. Well, I think it's the same. It's it's understand where they're coming from. Like the more that we can understand. How each of us are wired, why each of us are approaching it from this way, we can when we can. That's what gives us empathy. That gives us the ability to s- see life from their shoes. Mm-hmm. And why would they be so scared and shutting this down? Mm-hmm. Oh, is it because like I struggled financially growing up? Is and that was like a fear thing for me? Is that because you know I like how everything just goes in a line. And I know like I'm a planner, like what is it that like understanding Mm -hmm. kind of who they are, I feel like it's the same Mm -hmm. answer. The flip, if we can just understand each other from Mm -hmm. where we're coming from, I think we'll be able to offer each other a lot more grace.
3: So again, it's back to understanding. So the truth of this podcast, we always try to do one truth and then one simple thing. And so the truth is understanding your spouse leads to grace for your spouse. Right? Yeah, yeah, and Sarah, we
0: love to boil it down to that one simple thing. So and when you say, you know, understand your spouse, that's kind of a, that's kind of a big ask. <laughs> right. you know, it's kind of like, I don't know what to do with that. So if you were, in your experience, if you were to boil that down to one thing to do this week, what would you, what would you suggest we do?
2: Well, I think right now let's celebrate that you're probably already doing one thing. Let's just do one thing to understand your spouse, yeah. like you're listening to this podcast. Like it's, it's, you're already Mm -hmm. taking a step of going, okay, I do want to know how to support my spouse when I don't agree. So that's like, high five, you're yeah. already like, you move on to the next episode. Like you've done this week's work.
0: Achievement unlocked. Right. You know, or like for
2: us, uh, we've gotten really into the Enneagram. Yeah. Which I know Apta loves. Yeah. And so that has been a fun thing for us to kind of discover together. He didn't want to do it in the beginning. He was like, whatever. I, I don't know why I have to take a personality thing. And, and like, I don't want to be boxed in. He didn't. He's like, I, you're right. Yeah. That's exactly what he was saying. <laughs> and, but when we realized, like he was like, I've never been more understood in my life. Mm. And so he was able to look at He's like. I've never understood you more. Than I do now, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Why you're crazy?" I understand that now, <laughs> um, and so that was something that the enneagram just kind of doing, or any personality test of just kind of figuring out how they're wired. Because
1: I think too, like whenever I read the book, I like went to Hudson's number and I like I was like underlining everything, but then it actually like sparked a lot of conversation between us because I was like, "Do you feel this way? Do you like do you when you approach a situation? Is this what is this how your mind works?" And he's like, "Yeah," and like that's why you know this happened six months ago or whatever. Exactly. I felt like it really did, like, help us be in each other's shoes yes, a little bit Yes, it helps you to really
2: develop empathy. Mm-hmm. Well, and we even Googled, um, again, Google. Yeah, Thank sorry, you Google. <laughs> marriage counselor. Um, <laughs> like, what What it's like, because, you know, Enneagram for those of you, it's based on numbers. So I'm going to say these numbers. You all just have to look it up. But um, he's a five, I'm a three. And it was like, what is it like for a five to be married to a three? And that was like someone had been sitting in yeah. our home watching us. Like, it <laughs> was crazy. But it was like, oh, this makes so much sense of how we operate and how this uh, mm-hmm. functions and why... You know, I might feel this way, or why I'm crazy in this way, but it's actually not crazy in my head. But it, to you, who's not like me, it comes across crazy, mm-hmm. and it's been really helpful.
1: Can I ask you one more question? When you when you go on dates with your spouse, do you make a no work talk rule so that, or do you feel like it's more supportive
2: to let him talk about? Yeah, I feel like it depends on the season. And I get in the season when it's That's a great all, question. <laughs> thank you. We we've never made that rule. I think we we say like we're not going to talk about our kids. We will say that. Cause <laughs> yeah, they're the biggest pain point. In our <laughs> life most of the time. Um, I hate them so much. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> likes kids. Um, but like the like in that hard season, it was hard because like for him, that was the biggest. Like when you're walking through something hard, that is all consuming. Right. And so, so for that season, I had to be a little bit gracious and allow him to talk even though i was like rolling my eyes figuratively of going i don't want to talk about this anymore and then sometimes i feel like it's okay to go you know what like we're not going to talk about that we need to talk about something like fun yeah or do something active like you know roller skating where you can't (laughs) just hear music you know and you can't you can't talk you know Mm -hmm. or go to a movie like in those seasons Uh, but sometimes both of us are and maybe it's because we're both entrepreneurs but we we do love to talk about our dreams and what we're doing and what we can do next and all these things because that is something that we both kind of just enjoy. That's cool.
0: Well, just to reiterate the one simple thing this week is do one thing this week to better understand your spouse. And we've talked about the, the personality test. We've talked about listening to this podcast you brought yeah. up. So yeah. Ted, are there any other uh, last suggestions before, you know, just if that husband or that wife's out there trying to learn, trying to understand their spouse and it's challenging for them?
3: Wow, I think this is could be one of the most relationship altering podcasts that we could do is cuz when someone's really frustrated and they really don't agree, they're really shut down their understanding, you know, it's, has stopped. They have stopped trying to understand mm-hmm. and they're still trying to convince. And when we're trying to convince a person that doesn't feel understood, it is useless and it's hurtful and it is damaging and disconnecting to our relationship. When somebody feels like that you're trying to understand them, you're opening that back up, it can change everything. So this is a big one, Sarah. I thank you so much for yeah. being a part of this. huge.
2: You're welcome. This was fun. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah, for
0: bringing your story, bringing your insight and perspective into this conversation. You know, I think, you know, we started out with the question, can you support your spouse when you don't understand or agree with them? And I think you've really helped us Land that we absolutely can. And we can do that by assuming the best and extending grace as we continue to try to understand where they're coming from. And thank you for joining us for the Married People podcast. We hope that today's episode helps you realize that marriage is a little easier than you think. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Leave a review on iTunes while you're there or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, subscribe to Sarah's podcast, Surviving Sarah. It is a terrific podcast, and you can learn more about Sarah by visiting her website, survivingsarah.com.
1: Sarah with an H.
0: Sarah with an H Yes Good catch Surviving Sarah the biblical
1: with
0: an H way to spell Sarah <laughs> 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 And finally For more great resources To make your marriage better And to find the show notes For this episode Including links to all of Sarah's stuff The book she's written Her podcast All of that You can visit our website Marriedpeople.org Then join us For next week's episode Until next time I'm CJ I'm Acton I'm Ted
2: And I'm Sarah
0: And thank you for listening